Quoth the raven, nevermore. Oh yeah! Suck it, rat birds! Go Browns! I still don't know how the hell we won that game. Come back for the ages, baby. Were we down 14 nothing in the first, like, three minutes of that game? We were down 14 points with nine minutes left. How the hell did we win that game? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to have some fun today, folks. A celebration. We went to the giant crab cake, and we beat their butts. And Dustin Hopkins is the man. Browns are 6-3, and folks. And control their own destiny to win the AFC North. Yeah, that's right. You heard it. It's not likely, but if the Browns win the rest of their games, it doesn't matter what the Ravens do. It doesn't matter what the Steelers do. And, well, the Bengals lost today. So it sure as hell doesn't matter what they do. The Browns control their own destiny to win the AFC North, even though we are still half a game behind the Ravens. We'll get into why that is. But for now, we're celebrating. Let's celebrate. Browns go into Baltimore and somehow come out with a 33-31 win. I I, I don't know what to say. I spent probably two-thirds of that game on Twitter cussing out that football team, and they shoved it right up my you-know-what, and I, was, I'll, I will take it gladly. I was right there with you, too. My whole script for this show was completely written and ready to go by the early fourth quarter of this game, and I had to completely just go <laughs> crumple it all up and throw it in the trash. Well, hey, you know, a lot of people are probably deleting their tweets. I'm going to leave mine up because if anybody wants to go on there and ridicule me for my tweets, go ahead. I don't care. The Browns won. That's all that matters. <laughs> And that's all I am going to care about. <clears throat> Pick six be damned. Uh, we gave it right back to them. Uh, you mentioned Dustin Hopkins. He, oh, oh, <laughs> the pick six to we, what we thought tie the game uh, until he uh, miss flubbed the PAT afterwards. You know, I I was celebrating that pick six, and then I walk back into the room as the kick is snapped, and the kick goes up, and I if there were, if I had anything in my hands, I just would have dropped it. <laughs> Because I was so in shock that we missed that extra point after fighting all the way you know, back. And I almost, like, I saw it, but, like, I almost, it almost barely registered to me because at the time I was I was following the 
finale of the other two games uh, involving the Bengals and the Steelers, those were both in the final minute, you know, at that particular moment. So yeah. our game was running a little bit behind theirs uh, in real time. But uh, we're going to get into that, too. But uh, we'll open this up, actually, with a bit of trivia here. Oh, okay. I love trivia. There were three quarterbacks prior to Deshaun Watson who have taken the Browns to a 6-3 and three record prior to 1999. Okay. Do you know who those three are? Three quarterbacks that had the Browns at 6-3? and three? Yes. Since 99? Since 99. Oh, boy. Uh, Derek Anderson? That's one. Baker Mayfield? That's two. And Deshaun Watson. Well, well I, technically, before, no. Before Deshaun Watson's the fourth. Well, you can't really give him credit. Plus I mean, P.J. Walker. You, you, yeah, he you missed, he missed us. There. Oh, man. Yeah, 2007, 2020. Was it? Oh, Brian Hoyer. It is Brian Hoyer. I was about to say Tim Couch in, 20, in 2002, but no, it was Brian, no, it was Brian Hoyer. No, the Browns came from behind after a bad start in 2002. So that's 07, 2014, 2014. and 2020? Yes. Wow. The Browns started 6 and 3, Look at me. 7 and 4 in 2014 before they lost the last 5 in a row. Oof. A lot of which had to do with the fact that Brian Hoyer was benched for Johnny Manziel. Womp. Hot. Yeah. Well, we're anyway. not we're not living in the past. We're huh? living in the present. And guys, the Browns are 6 and 3. They are six and three. Six and three. And uh, listen, 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 because I have been somebody who probably more than deserved of him has given Kevin Stefanski crap. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the biggest win of his head coaching career. Asterisk, he was not on the sidelines for the Steelers playoff game. Okay, that's what I was going to respond back with, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and listen, if you listen to last game's, uh, post game show, I had the take that, uh, the Browns are going to win this division if they had just won this game coming up and they won the game and ladies and gentlemen, now again, I'm not saying that the Browns are going to win out, but if they were to win out, they are your AFC North champions. There's nothing that the other three teams can do to win the AFC North if the Browns win out. Let's go through why. Just for the Ravens' sake, because because people will say, well, how is that possible because the Ravens are still in first by half game? Well, they have not had their bye week, so that will even out. They have the same amount of losses. So assuming that, let's assume that, and they don't play each other the rest of the year. So let's assume that the Browns and the Ravens win out. They both finish the year 14-3. and three. Uh, they will have the same divisional record because both teams are two and two right now. So if, yeah, assuming both they both have a loss to the Steelers on assu- their resume, assuming they both uh lose, assuming they both went out, they will both be three and three in the division. Um, they have split now, so the Ravens no longer have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Browns. That's right. The third tiebreaker for the division is conference record. Right. The Ravens have three conference losses right now. The Browns only have two. So if both teams went out, the Browns win the division. All right. So in layman's terms, the Ravens have not lost to any teams from the NFC yet. Yeah. The, the Browns. The, the Ravens. Lost. The Ravens are four and three in the AFC. The Browns are four and two. The Browns have a defeat to Seattle, 
which yes. does not hurt them for the third tiebreaker. And people are asking, oh, well, the Browns are in third because the Steelers have the same record as the Browns and have the head-to-head tiebreaker. So how does that work? Well, if the Browns went out, they beat the Steelers. Right, they which, give the Steelers another loss. Which give the Steelers a fourth loss, and if the Browns went out, they only have three losses. And the Bengals already have four losses, so for this exercise, they're already dead for the division. Mm-hmm. So... We'll get into that as well. We have a long way to go. We are literally halfway through the season. Today marked the halfway point during the game. Halftime of this game was the halfway point of this season. Boy, and it didn't look as good at halftime as it did at the end, that's for sure. No. It didn't look as bad at halftime. We'll get into that. But the midway through the first quarter, you you thought we were on our way to a 42-7 loss. Uh, I mean, mean, you talk about Pittsburgh being a house. The uh, Heinz Field being a house of horrors, M&T Bank or whatever the hell they call it now is also a house of horrors for the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Uh, aside, f- aside from uh, I think uh, the last time the Browns Phil Dawson's doink, it was Josh McCown threw for like almost 500 yards. And oh, that oh no, like no, the last three to 30. Years no, the last like time that. we won there was 2019. That was the Nick Chubb 90 yard touchdown game. Oh, that's true. We, Baker we Mayfield, and and that was Freddie remarkable Kitchens. because. The Browns didn't have a very good year that year, and no. the Ravens were like the top seed, and Lamar Jackson was the MVP. I think and yet that, somehow that, we still won there. That was the last game that they lost in the regular season, the Ravens. I think it was. Yeah, because they ended up going fourteen and two that year. Yeah, and they were two and one going into that game. We were one and two. We were tied for first place in division after that game. Well, essentially, we were we were on top, but it, I, I, man, I. <laughs> It's going to be a bad podcast for me, man, because I'm still at a loss for words of how the hell we won that game. You know, and and I am too, honestly. Because We were down 14 nothing, 24-9, and 31-17 in, in that game. Three different times we were down we were down two scores. Midway through the second quarter, Deshaun Watson was 4-13 for 43 yards and a pick six. Oh, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go even... I'll go. I'll do even better. At halftime, he was six for twenty. I was six so, for twenty. Geez. I I sent a text around this time that basically said that you know when I was saying that LeBron, LeBron, what the hell am I thinking? <laughs> um, Deshaun Watson would would just be an average quarterback this year. I basically said he's not even that. He's not even good. He's listen, not even remotely like he's just bad. Listen. You know? I, at that at halftime of this game, I was prepared. I was prepared to come on this show and tell you you were right because yeah. you you have been a Deshaun Watson detractor basically from the beginning, saying that he's not any good, that his his pat his his prime is is gone. Him not playing for essentially two years, he's not going to be able to get it back. Uh, you know this, that, and the other. And I, like I said, I was getting ready to come on this show. First of all, I was going to absolutely probably have an aneurysm uh, on this show uh, about how the team came out and how they weren't ready to play in the biggest game of the season and and all that stuff. Luckily, they may not have been ready to play. They the oh, they 100% were not ready to play. Luckily, we don't have to talk about that because we know the result of the game. And yeah, the game wasn't perfect, but that was a divisional game on the road. You just find a way to win. It doesn't matter. You find a way to win. We were down by 14 or 15 points three separate times in that game, and we found a way to win. We had a pick six to tie the game in the fourth quarter. We missed the extra point, and we're still down by one point. I mean, everybody had to be thinking, 
you know that we're just going to lose this game 30 to 30 or 31 30 because that missed extra point. I mean, that happened with, there was still about eight and a half minutes left in the game. I was going to say there was eight minutes left. It wasn't likely the Ravens were going to hold the ball the rest of that game. Right. But, but, like, but uh, how many times, how many times have we gone on a late, late game, game winning drive in that stadium? Oh, uh, even 2019, not really. Cause we had the lead for most of the game. We you have, know, we, yeah, uh, we ha- would have been the, the probably 2015 or 16 the McCown game was probably the last time that happened. we have not beaten the Ravens with Lamar Jackson in a game where he actually started and finished that being the very key point because right. I keep bringing up the game in 2021 where we knocked Lamar Jackson yeah. out of the game Jeremiah knocked him, out for Koromoa, the, yeah. knocked him out for the season and the Ravens never won again the rest right. of the year right and that's what you're banking on because that's what you're banking on with the Ravens because uh uh, you have a you have a well. They've already surpassed your win proje- projection. I have them only winning five games. <laughs> and, and and the crazy thing is, is entering today, you had the Browns five and three, the the Steelers five and three, and the, the Bengals five and three. If you had told me that all three of those teams were two games over five hundred after eight games, I would have been like, well, yeah, the Ravens are probably in last because one of the teams was inevitably probably not going to be doing well. Yeah, you know, I wasn't thinking that all four teams in the division were all going to be doing great at this point. You know, it's pretty remarkable how good the AFC North has been against the rest of the league. I mean, remar- re- remarkable. You know, I mean, this 18, is seventeen and six entering today. Against, this has got to be historic. How, know, how late? How late into the season has a division been above five hundred? Every team. I well, when does that have happen? To ask the Elias Sports Bureau or somebody right above my pay grade for that. But right. uh, you know, it's it's not typical. We're now halfway, more than halfway into the season, and every. I mean, we'll get into uh, the results of. The, the rest of the NFL, but yeah. every team in the AFC North is above 500. Yeah, and th- this is this is a less, well, this wasn't legally possible back a few years ago, but coming into this week, every single team in the division would be in the playoffs. Now, yeah, I, don't, I, I assume that has changed, but... Because now they had the seventh spot, so now it is possible for that yeah. to happen. Before I mean, with not. today's results, I assume that that has changed, but uh, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I, yeah. you know, as amazing a second half as Deshaun Watson had, where he was literally fourteen for fourteen, he completed every pass. Yeah. For like what, one hundred and forty some yards? Yeah, and had some touch, key runs. Touchdown. Had yeah. Exactly. He had that 15-yard the, run on, on the, the, oh, the game-winning field goal That play drive. was incredible. That won us the game. I think that was – was that third and two, I think, coming uh, into that play? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know the down and distance. Or actually, No, actually it was right after we converted the third and two because we handed it off yeah. on third and two, which I thought was a great call because that meant we were going for it. We were going for it regardless, so yeah. why not run the ball through That was the play coming right out of the two-minute warning. Then the next play, Watson drops the pass, pressure. He gets out to the left. And he makes a great pump fake on the on the defender coming up to the line of scrimmage, gets around him, and then runs for 15 more yards. I wish he would have slid or gotten out of bounds instead of taking that big hit. But you know, yeah. still game on the line. You do what you got to do. Yeah, and, and let's not. Uh, you know, obviously we can't just forget about how brutally awful he was in the first half. But you know, the whole shoulder injury fiasco where where people were stupidly like questioning his tough his toughness and whether he wanted to play or not this guy sprained That's his ankle wrong. this guy sprained his ankle in the second quarter and you could tell he could barely walk yeah. on his ankle the rest of the game what was interesting is i wonder if he uh <laughs> got a little something at halftime uh for the pain in that uh ankle because 
the first part of the second half, he looked like uh, nothing was bothering him. And then towards the end, even though he broke off that run, you could tell in the fourth quarter, whatever they gave him was wearing off because he was really starting to feel some pain. Cortisone injection. I, maybe. I wasn't going to say it, but, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, Who knows? But, but, yeah, so I mean, you said it, 14 for 14, 140 yards and a touchdown. He had a few key runs and some key spots, to, set, especially like the one we just talked about, to set up the game-winning field goal. And, uh, you know, I – I do want to harp on this point even yeah. more here, okay. on a more general sense too. You know, how many times have the Browns gotten way behind in the game and they abandon all, all game planning and you find out at the end that, like – the quarterback's throwing the ball 40, 45 times yeah. or whatever. Browns didn't do that. They ran the ball, th- despite the fact they were losing literally the whole game, they ran the ball 36 times. They passed at 35. Today, they had 4.9 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Jerome Ford, 17 carries, 107 yards. Boy, Kareem was he Hunt, great today. Kareem Hunt, 10 carries, 32 yards, and a touchdown. Deshaun yep. Watson, 8 carries, 37 yards. The ground game was it was good, and it was yes. consistently good through the game. And they didn't abandon it. Yes. How, when you talk about how Kevin Stefanski, what a great plan. He had the entire second half. He was pushing pretty much all the right buttons. Even, mm-hmm. when, even when he decided to go for two when we were losing by nine. Well, we need to talk like about the, that. Which is like the worst thing you could possibly ever do. But yes, well, see, there whatever are different... play we ran there. Or what we called there, Deshaun Watson saw the Red Sea part right in front of him. Yeah. He was like, okay, I'm just going to run it in. Which, yeah. I mean, that was great improvisation by Watson. So there, so this is this is the counterpoint to going for two uh, down nine late in the game. This is what they say that you go for two. And, and let, because I, I don't understand this way of thinking. They say go for two so you know what you need. I don't understand what that means because if you kick the extra point, you still know what you need. Touchdown, the two-point conversion. Yes. Down by eight. Yes. If you – see, this is, what I, this is what I find incredibly hard for people who just, just live off of what quote-unquote analytics say. If you're down by eight and you, let's say you score – to go down by nine. You're down by 15. You score a touchdown yeah. to go to, to within nine. If you kick the extra point, now, excuse me, uh, people who say, oh, well, may, you go for two maybe uh, because the extra point isn't a sure thing. Well, you know, just look at the extra point that Dustin Hopkins missed. but Provide them a decent counterpoint yes. in the end. Yeah. But – the percentage of extra points that are made has got to be in the 90s. 94, 95. So if you do like that. that, you make it a one-possession game. If you go for two and you miss, the game's essentially over. This game would have been over. if, if Over. Flat out, because you would need to score two more times. For me, it's risk management. You never go for two unless you have to. Case in point, the day before in uh, Happy Valley, that idiot, James Franklin, going for two at the end of the first half. Exact same score, exact same situation. It was 24-9, to nine and Penn but, State scored a touchdown. But it's, but, it's, but it's even farther back than that. You don't 
chase points until you have to. If he oh, yeah, because he went for two in the first half. He, when they're that's what I'm talking about. It was 14-3. to three. Penn State <laughs> scored a touchdown right before half to make it 14-9. to nine. Yep. If he had kicked the extra point there, he wouldn't have had to go for two late in the game. Right. He's just, you're chasing your mistake later in the game by chasing points when you don't have to. That's why I never subscribe to going for two when you score a touchdown to, to be down nine. You always kick the extra point. That way, you know it's a one-score game. So the only so I've been looking for years for a counterpoint to this. And last night at my parents' house, we actually held a clam bake for my uncle Mike's seventieth birthday. Hmm. Shout out, Mike, nice. great guy. My uncle Ken, clam bake. He said that in this particular scenario, the thought process is particularly when you're playing against a team like the Ravens, who have a very good defense, number two scoring defense in the league coming in today. That maybe the thought process was, okay, we're down 15, we're now down 9, we're going to go for 2 here, and then the idea is we're probably only going to get one more chance at getting down to the end zone before the end of the game, and if we score, we're going to go for 2 again and try to go for the win instead of going to overtime. That's about as plausible an explanation as I can think of, but that's really playing almost three-dimensional chess, and you're like counting your chickens before they hatch, for me. But like... As it turns out, yeah, I that whole formula was thrown off by the fact that another one of my humongous pet peeves in football. I mean, the Browns did everything wrong today, and yet they, like you said, <laughs> you know, it's twenty four seventeen. Browns defense gets a stop. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You know, we still got the momentum on our side. What do we do? We freaking fumble the punt. Oh God! Like muffed punt. Very few things drive me up a wall more than that, and so we end up. Giving the ball to Ravens, and what do we do? You know, it's it's been a problem on de- on offense the whole year. Offense turning the ball over and us uh, setting up the other team inside inside our red zone. This time it was the special teams unit that managed to do that. And of course, Baltimore, they got a questionable penalty call on third down that kept the drive alive. But they were able to put the ball that happened in twice the on that drive. <laughs> right. Not only did the Browns defense get a stop on third down, the first one was a ridiculous call. Kept the drive going. The second that one. That was the one I was referring to. The, the, the second the one, one. Well, 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 then Lamar Jackson throws an interception in the end zone, but we get another flag. That was a legit flag. Yes. That was holding. But it's just like, oh, my God, because that entire time I'm saying, come on, Lamar, turn the ball over. Give us, get, give it to us, buddy. And he did it. And then flag. <sighs> come on. Your hopes and prayers were answered later, though. After the Browns had the touchdown drive to cut it to within seven again, what happens? Batted ball, ball hangs up in the air for about three point seven two seconds. Comes down the hands of Greg Newsom. He runs it in from thirty four yards out. I mean, as good as the Browns' offense was in the second half, as big of mistakes as the special teams unit made. Yeah, that might be the biggest thing that we we were able to make, cut overcome two really big errors by the special teams unit. But you knew that the defense was going to have to do something also, yeah, in order for us to win this game. And boy, did they ever! When, when, uh, when the pick six happened on the second play of the game. By the way, we've now done that against Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Stop it! Enough. 
Yeah, and the overall talking about Deshaun Watson, that was going to be my first talking point, the fact that he did it against Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And what happened? It was, it was a pass out to the flat to the tight end, both times. Now, at least this time, it was a pass to David Njoku. I still don't know why we tried to start the game in Pittsburgh with a pass to Harrison freaking Bryant. And by the way, shout out David Njoku. He had a drop, and that pick six happened on a pass thrown to him. Not his fault, but it was thrown to him. That guy from the second quarter on played a hell of a football game. He had some plays on the last that dude two is, drives. That dude is a truck. Where he was literally dragging two and three guys. Yes. And was not going down. Fantastic. And then after, so there were two plays in a row on the final, on the game winning drive, where first it was a pass in the Joku where he did that whole thing, dragging players. And then I think it was the next player, two plays later, Jerome Ford gets the ball. He gets stood up by two guys. He keeps oh, going. Oh, that was. And then. Two the, guys come in, start pushing behind him, and then the other Ravens guys come in, and then three more guys on the Browns, and it's a whole rugby scrum the of last, both teams. The last five yards of that, Jerome Ford wasn't even on the ground. He was being literally carried. <laughs> if you watch closely, watch like the last five yards of that run. Both of his feet, both of his feet are off the ground. He's literally being carried by the offense and the defense. <laughs> I mean, when that play happened, I, I, I knew we were going to win. My only worry during that whole time was just don't fumble. Please. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that's the thing. Uh, yeah, so shout-out to David Njoku. Shout-out to Deshaun Watson for the second half. I mean, you talk about just a tale of two halves. You, he could not have played worse in the first half. I mean, it looked like the Pittsburgh game all over again. And then, quite frankly, I mean, aside from – Aside from, you know, just throwing bombs, like 50-yard bombs, he couldn't have played better. You know, he only threw for 140 yards in the second half, but he literally didn't have an incompletion. 14 of 14. 14 of 14. He started the game 6 of 20. He ended up with an over 60% completion percentage. He threw for 30% completions in the the first half. And this was a game where literally stats... Well, they say stats don't lie, but this is a case where they really do because he only had a 74 quarterback rating. He only had a 59 QBR today. But my goodness gracious, you would have had to watch the game to have any context of that. Like you just said about stats not lying. In a game like this, when you're on the road in a divisional opponent, against a divisional opponent where you just flat out never win, Throw the stats out if you're able to get a win. I don't care what the stats say. The Browns got a win. Now, we look ahead a little bit, uh, especially after the way he played in Week 2 in Pittsburgh. I'm going to need Deshaun Watson to play much better next week against the Steelers at home. And we need to... Listen, I'm so sick and tired. That that team, that that's got to be the worst 6-3 and three football team I've ever seen. And I'm talking about the Steelers. And then, How are they six and three? And lest you just accuse Dan of, you know, being a Steeler hater, which he is, but pretty much the whole local and national media has just been panning the Steelers the entire season. Like everybody's wondering the same question. How are they six and three? How? Yeah, we're gonna just we're gonna try to attempt to answer that question in a little bit here. Yeah. Um I just need to throw some 
some bones of the guys on defense. Again, I Greg Newsom again had the had the pick six, humongous play. Yep. Jeremiah Usu Kuromura had a half a sack, had two tackles for loss today. Miles Garrett another sack and a half, another tackle for loss as yep. well. Um, I mean these guys are just. They're getting after it every week. And, yep. you know, there are some weeks like this week where it doesn't show up on the scoreboard. You know, the Ravens had 31 points. It doesn't help when, you know, your quarterback's throwing pick sixes, and that just makes and you And we muff worse. a punt at our own muff 10. Muff a punt again. Again, this is a, another perfect example of the offense, and in this case the special teams unit, making the defense look worse than they are. Uh, again, when, when teams have to drive the length of the field on our defense, good luck. It, it really hasn't happened that many times. It's been like, what, maybe five times the whole season? And yeah. I think, I think Baltimore's uh, had like two or three of them. Most of, the, most of those happen against Indianapolis, to be honest with you. And Indianapolis had two, yeah, at least two or three of them as well. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Bengals didn't do it once. Titans didn't do it once. Arizona didn't even score. So, like, right. You know, I, I guess to play devil's advocate on my own point. Have the Browns really had a truly dominating performance on defense away from home this season? No. Not really. So, because you mentioned Pittsburgh, you mentioned Indianapolis, you mentioned today against Baltimore. Those are all games where they gave up 26 points or more. But, again, asterisk by that, because in all of those games there were touchdowns scored on either special teams or, or defense by the other team. And given the opponents, honestly, probably our best defensive game of the whole season came against San Francisco, but that was at home. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the only time a team even got out into double-digit points against us at Brown Stadium. Yeah. Other than well, other than the Ravens game the first time, which extenuating circumstances. A giant there. asterisk on that game. You I, know, you know, I'm throwing that game out. I obviously that game counts for the standings, and unfortunately, you know, it does it, yeah, yeah, and it counts double because you know it it division this, game. Yeah. It would have really hurt if we would have lost today. Uh, but, yeah, so. Here's the overarching point, folks. If the Browns had lost today, our ceiling would have been a wild card. Yes. We would have been strictly a wild card contender, and we would have been looking at the other results of teams within the AFC and all that. Quite frankly, the Steelers and the Bengals uh, need to give us an attaboy because I think all three teams' ceilings would have been wild card. Not just them, but also Jacksonville, Miami, Kansas City. They were all Browns fans today yeah, as well. But I, but I mean specifically the, the Steelers and the Bengals because if the if the Ravens had won and, and gone to 3-1 and one in the division, 8-3 and three overall, nobody's catching them in the division. 8-2. and two. Yeah. 8-2. I mean, sorry, I mean, sorry, that, sorry. It would have been harder. I mean, yeah, aside from the – Lamar injury situation. I keep bringing it up. That would have been the only way. Yeah. Other, gonna, other than that, you know, you're like, going to try and will that into existence. I guess so. I, I mean, we're almost getting to that time of year. True. It's usually about late November, early December. It happens. True. Right about Thanksgiving. But we'll see. Lamar I'm likes. To, Lamar I'm, likes no, to take the holidays break. off. I'm not. I'm not wishing ill will on this guy. I have nothing against Lamar Jackson other yeah. than the fact that he plays for the Ravens. Yeah. It's just it's, same. Don't, don't don't get. Don't get that Same. twisted. I'm I just, would love to be. I would love to be a Lamar Jackson fan, and I would be if he didn't play in the AFC North. Right. That's uh, bottom line. I, it's the same reason why I don't. I don't root for Joe Burrow. I would love to root for Joe Burrow if he played for the Packers or the Chargers or, you know, the the the, the Texans or you know whatever. I mean, if we I'd ever love to root for Joe Burrow, I mean, he went to Ohio State, but he plays for the Bengals. I mean, we so never... there is no rooting under any circumstance. For Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson or Kenny Pickett, none. I don't care if it benefits us when they win. None. 
you know my stance on that. It's our fault that we have to uh, rely on a division opponent to win for us to, to help us. I mean, neither- I hate that. I never want to. Well, the Bengals and the Ravens play on Thursday night, so we're probably going to be rooting for the Bengals in that in that game. But yes, um, so yeah, the, the, that's the only way I root for a divisional opponent is if they're playing another divisional opponent. Anything else is uncivilized. I mean, look at Mitchell Trubisky. Like, we never ever said, Another guy. Any, said never any bad words about him until no. he until he got traded to Pittsburgh. That yeah. we kind of had to. Yeah, he actually <laughs> signed with Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, bad. he willingly went there. Hmm. <laughs> Just kidding, but not really. <laughs> Anyhow, guys, how many of you were just like? I want to know what everybody's blood pressure was like in the, during this game. Like, oh. I mean, there are going to be doctors who are seeing patients for hypertension tomorrow morning. I have a well, here's the thing. Like, it's just here, here's basically here's shout how, out Cleveland Clinic, shout out UH, <laughs> shout out Metro Health. Uh, like, here's how. Here's basically how I dealt with this game. I was pumped about this game. I thought, you know, hey, we got a shot, and if we win this game, people. I don't think people realize just like how big. Like, now you realize it because you see what it's done for us in the standings and the tiebreakers and all that. But I think going into Sunday, everybody thought, oh, because it was still the middle of the season. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a division game on the road, so we can't really expect to win. So it's like, yeah, okay, if we play well, that's great. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, people were saying, like, like would you be okay uh, with a Browns loss today if Deshaun played really, really well? No. By the way, it's a division game. I don't care. He could have thrown five interceptions today. As long as we won, I didn't care. But for this game, so I was I was I was feeling good before the game. Of course, the game starts, pick six. I'm like, oh. And then the Browns they get they get the ball back, one first down, punt. Ravens get the ball right down the field, fourteen nothing. I'm like, well, this game's over. I texted all of you. I said game's over. Yeah. And then so basically for the next like quarter. I was just kind of sitting there, like with like just just the, just a glaze over my eyes, like like yeah, it's, it, we're just gonna lose. It's just another it's, it's another two and a half hours of rolling your eyes, watching this nonsense. Hands, arms crossed in front of you. You're just like, and then just... the Browns, and then the Browns. It, it was 17, uh, 17, 14 to three. Browns got a field goal. Then the Ravens get a field goal. Seventeen three. Browns get another field goal. Browns get another field goal. Seventeen to nine. And then just before the half. The Browns get to like the 43, I think, of the Ravens. Seven seconds left. No timeouts. So I'm thinking, hey, why don't we just try a quick out, three, four seconds, try to get another five yards and then kick a field goal. And then with seven seconds left, I see Dustin Hopkins trot out on the field. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, okay, here we go. I mean, either he makes the field goal and it's 17-12 or it's 17-9 at halftime, whatever. And then they take Dustin Hopkins off the field. Meanwhile, because he had twisted his ankle really bad, Deshaun Watson is is assuming that the half is over. Either we make a kick or not. He's walking towards the, the locker room. And then Stefanski pulls the kicker off and puts P.J. Walker on the field. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, so maybe they are going to try the, the quick five-yard out and then bring the kicker on with like two seconds left. And then they snap the ball, and, they, and uh, P.J. Walker throws a Hail Mary, and it doesn't even get inside the 10-yard line. I'm like, what the hell was that? Dustin Hopkins had made seven straight 50-plus-yard field goals. It's at the end of the half. Just let him kick it. If he misses, who cares? 
You're going into halftime. If he makes it, you're within one score. After after the giant blob of crap that they laid on the field in that first half. I yeah, I, that, you're I right. was that whole sequence I was, made no sense. I was befuddled with that. I was befuddled. I I did not know what what to think of what had just happened. Now, like I said, because we found a way to win, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? We don't have to belabor that point of, oh, there's three points we possibly missed when we lost the game by one. No, we won. It doesn't matter. Isn't it great that the Browns are now of sufficient talent and ability that they can have a sequence like that at the end of the half where they just throw up all over themselves? They can muff punts inside the opposing team's 20. They can throw pick sixes. They can go for two when they're down by nine. They can do all this. And still win. And still come out of not Not, just anywhere, but the great crab cake. Yeah, they they weren't doing this last week against Arizona and still came out with a win. No, that game was over in the first quarter. They did this, like you said, in the big crab cake. A place where we never win. This result just defies all logic and convention. It really does. And again, listen, I got to hand it to Stefanski, man. This guy is coaching himself into a contract extension. That to me, if they announced it tomorrow, I'd be perfectly fine with it. I'd want to wait one more week until to see what happens well, against Pittsburgh. But listen, but yes, I I don't think there'd be too much unhappiness if listen, they did if they, come out listen, with that. Listen, if they spank Pittsburgh next week, I might start a GoFundMe to help pay for his contract. <laughs> I mean, could you listen? When we beat the Cardinals, we said that this two game stretch was going to define our season. This week against Baltimore, you were going to find out whether you were going to be a legit contender for the division championship. Yeah. Check. Check. You beat Pittsburgh next week, to me, no matter what happens on Thursday night. Let's say Cincinnati, because I I believe, is that game in Cincinnati? No, it's in Baltimore. It's in Baltimore. Let's say Baltimore goes into, or let's say Cincinnati goes into Baltimore and gets a win. If the Browns win the win the game against the Steelers, the Browns become the prohibitive favorite in the, in the AFC North, in my opinion. Given the given the schedule and, that they still have to play, and the only remaining question becomes: Do they be actually not just the favorite in the AFC North? Do they become maybe? Yeah, I mean AFC number one seed. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, would, it would take Kansas City to lose one or two more games. I don't know how the tiebreakers. Would I'd work have out. to look and see what the Chiefs' remaining schedule is like. But they have I, two losses, I know they, right? I know they play Philadelphia next week. That's true. That's a big game. Uh, that's on Monday night. That is like game of the season. That's a rematch of last year's Super Bowl. Yeah. You know. By the way, how was this game? Now, like now, now listen. I'm I'm. We won, so I'm glad the game was played at one o'clock. Because if that if that if you play that game at the crab cake at night, I don't know if the Browns makes, come out make, and win. Makes your task harder. How how was the game today not flexed? I don't think they can start flexing games until was a week. No, 11? they can. Oh, they can. They can. I get. I think the, what the rule is, they only have a certain amount of flexes. Like the networks only give the NFL a certain amount of times they can flex their right, games. Right, because CBS and Fox don't want their games constantly poached by NBC. Yes. Yeah. But how? First of all, why was the game today on Fox? I that I don't understand. When was at the last all. time we played Baltimore and the game was on Fox? A division game. Like, it can't be that. That can that that. that 
There's no way that's ever happened before. That is very odd. So that's number one. Number two, we're really going to end this podcast and have to go watch the Jets in Vegas? Really? I mean, to be fair, that's not a horrible game, in my opinion. You got two teams that are around 500. I mean, you could do worse than that. Like, the Thursday night game was maybe the worst primetime game you'll see all season. Agreed. The Panthers and the Bears. It was so nondescript that I screwed, up, the- my, I screwed up my week in fantasy because I had two guys on the Panthers in from last week because I had guys out on bye, and I didn't change them before Thursday night's game, so now I'm basically screwed this week. <laughs> yeah, stupid me, rookie mistake. But yeah. uh, <laughs> So anyway, uh, just to kind of wrap up this game, for me, uh, this is <sighs> – we would have to go through it, and I, I don't know if we want to do this right now, but where, where, just quick snapshot, where does this game rank as regular season wins since the Browns have come back in 99? Oh, my God, this is very high up the list, honestly. Um, I mean, again, we had this debate a few weeks ago, and I, yeah. I threw out the, you threw out the run-William run game against the Falcons. That's got to be number one. That literally clinched a – well, it didn't actually, but it really for, – for all intents and purposes, all intents that and clinched, purposes, a clinched the playoff spot. It was the last game of the season. Winner die, winner go home. Yeah. Um, and it was a close it's, game throughout. It's that or it's like the other contender for me is the nice throw Tom game from 2010 against the Patriots where that was yeah not as much on the line really, but like – a yeah. game you had no business even being in, much less winning, and the Browns not only beat the Patriots but destroyed them yeah. by twenty points. I you think know. I think for me, and again, this is an exercise that we should probably do for a longer segment. But oh yeah, um, we will at some point. The the dilly dilly open the fridges game is definitely up there. That's easily in the top five, if not the third game on the list. Yeah, yep. So, but but this game, listen, listen. If if the if the end if the rest of the season plays out in our favor, you might look at this game as number. If the Brown listen, the Cleveland Browns have not won the their division. That was the AFC Central back then, but they have no. not won their division since 1989. The realignment of the realignment of the divisions to the four cardinal directions happened in 2002. Yeah, the Browns have zero AFC North titles, and that's bad. Yes. So Zero. so listen, if this game this game is kind of an incomplete right now because if the Browns end up going on and winning 12 games and winning the AFC North, this this win in Baltimore for me is probably going to go to number 1. That's the I mean this this game unless, is unless week 18, unless the division comes down to week 18 against the Bengals and we win in Cincinnati, then that's number 1. I mean, that's you know, not even close, but um yeah, I mean, this is where I feel like this run for this team is going to start. You know, obviously last week we beat the Cardinals, but, you know, whatever. So I guess technically we're on a two-game winning streak. If you beat Pittsburgh next week, which you should at home because that team stinks even though they're 6-3. and three. I know we should, but, man, just saying anybody should beat Pittsburgh is a really risky proposition. Yeah, it's but just... Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh on the road is not the same. They're not. Well, coming in here, you're right. Like, they're – Recent history at Brown Stadium is not very good. Yeah, actually. and I tell you what, I've if you haven't, if you have not gone, the Browns post Kevin Stefanski's uh, locker room speech after every win. If you have not looked at uh, the one for this week, um, if you not watched it, here, hold on, actually, let me play it because it's interesting how he kind of goes about 
uh, the game next week here. Let me I could be wrong about this, but I think Pittsburgh has only won here like once out of the last five years. That's what I'm saying. We should win. But here. It, we're like 3-1-1 one, and one in Listen the Listen to Stefanski's five. postgame press, uh, locker room speech. Hey, which team was going to play harder, longer? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know the men in this room. I know what you're about. I know we're about that fight. Yep. Right? We got down, we put ourselves in a hole. This team's gonna fight. That's what we do. That's what we do. I'm so proud of everybody in this room. You know why? Because what do we do when it got hard? Got a little bit tighter. Hey, grab a hand, grab an arm, grab a piece. We need it. We need everybody in here, fellas. Okay, now that's a big one. You know why? There's the one that they had today. Guess what? Next one's the biggest game of your life. That's how it works. That's how it works in this league, okay? So I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of the fight in this team. And I know this. Something's in our way next week. Something's in our next week. I don't know who we're playing. They'll tell me tomorrow, okay? But I appreciate how you guys fight. Now, we're coming in tomorrow, okay? Because we can learn from this. Hey! Most important thing there is. Team on three. One, two, three. So what I take from that is the coaching staff, Kevin Stefanski and the coaching staff and the players, I think that they are going to start to look at every game from this point on as a playoff game. And I think they are going to play against Pittsburgh like it's a playoff game. I'm not saying Pittsburgh won't do the same, but I think if the Browns, if both teams, the Browns and the Steelers, play their A game, I think the Browns beat the Steelers 8 out of 10 times. And this game being at home, especially, you know that's you know it's going to be in the back of their mind the way that they gave that game away in Week 2 against the Steelers. Yeah. And... They really should have won that game. that game, the Week 2 game, the way that they blew it last year against the Jets, hung over this team like a black cloud the entire season last year. I don't think they're going to let that that happen again this year. I think they're going to right the wrongs next week. That happened in week two. And I actually, I don't even know what the number is. I'm sure it's going to be three, four. This might be a three or four unit play on the Browns next week. I actually mm. think that the Browns are going to smash the Steelers next week. I wonder, the line will probably be like Browns by three yeah. or four, it's maybe. Su- I mean, it's two six and three team division uh, division. Uh, I mean, if they're feeling really frisky and anti Pittsburgh, like the national media are. Maybe, maybe four or maybe five. Maybe make it five. I, it won't be more than five. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about next week. Anyhow, we have talked about this from almost almost every angle: quarterback, special teams, defense, running game, Coaching. what have you, receivers to some extent. I want to throw the last bone out to the offensive line. Yes. They had some struggles early on. There were some early QB hits, pressures. Yes, 100%. But from second quarter on, I felt like the offensive line was excellent. Yes. I, they blocked for the running backs. They blocked for Watson. We had time to get the ball downfield, which not a lot of teams get against Baltimore. Yep. And on the game-winning drive, second play of that drive, yep. or maybe it was the first play, I don't remember, Watson was hit from behind by Odafe Uwe. Yeah, second play. Fumbled. Yeah, Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller immediately spots the ball yep, and flies on, on the ball. It. Save the game. He doesn't do that. Game's over. Forget it. Yeah. We're done. 100%. 
what a fantastic play by Wyatt Teller to to do that and keep the yeah, game alive. Yeah, and that, and I I got to shout out. Listen, we played this we played this game against the team that has the most sacks in the NFL with our fourth and fifth tackles. We won. This is a case of Jed Wills being out, being addition by subtraction. I well, feel like. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Jed, Jed Wills say it, but that's probably true. Jed Wills has been much maligned. I thought I I think he's played much better in the last three weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you drop off with him. Um, but what I will say is, uh, the Browns not having Dewan Jones was a was something that I really worried about this week. Yeah, that is more worrisome because he's been awesome this year as a rookie filling in for Jack Conklin. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I'm glad you said that because yeah, the offensive line, you know, they they deserve a lot of the credit. Uh, for this game and for the big moments that you talked about, uh, like Wyatt Teller, and then uh, also the uh, uh, the Browns' own version of the tush push all the way down the field with with uh, Jerome. That Ford. rugby scrum play was just so fantastic. Good. Yeah, the um, team played great. smash mouth AFC North football today. Yes, they're and, going and to, listen, and I have no, I have confidence they're going to do it again next week, which is great. Right, and listen, how, how many times in Browns' past we get down fourteen nothing? Either at at Pittsburgh or at Baltimore, and that game is just an absolute bloodbath. Forget it. He mailed it in. I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I mean, at best, they might make a little bit of a comeback, account, and that's, but they're not going to come and back. Listen, and listen, that's a testament to the leadership on the team and the coaching staff. Like, listen, I, mean, I was upset with Kevin Stefanski at the beginning of the game because it looked like the team was not ready to play, but in reality, and especially at halftime, the adjustments that the coaching staff made. Uh, going into the second half, I mean the Browns. The Browns really, aside, aside from that touchdown that that uh, Baltimore got because of that muff punt, the Browns dominated that game in the second half. They did dominated. So uh, the Ravens really only scored seven seven legit points in that half. Yeah, the drive that ended with a touchdown catch by Beckham. Yeah, yeah that was the only like decent drive they had the whole yeah, second half. And really, half. I mean, that was just a that was just a botched uh coverage and you know, that was I and of course, that put them up by two scores again and I'm like, of course, that guy's got to score a touchdown. Yeah. It's the only catch of the game for him. Hmm. So, whatever, who cares? Guess what? Hey, I, uh Odell and uh Jadevian Clowney, uh yeah, you can go sit in the losers locker room for the rest of the night and uh bye-bye. <laughs> So, okay. So, well, we've talked about this game for almost an hour, so we still need to go around the NFL. Yeah. After everything that we have <laughs> belched about what happened in Baltimore today, what does it all mean in the big picture? So, back up very briefly to Thursday. The Bears played the Panthers. This game, the only reason I'm mentioning this game is because the, the Bears actually have the Panthers' number one pick. So, yeah. this is a rare case of where the Bears actually could have helped their draft position by winning a game like this. Yep. Normally a team can only hurt their position by beating another team that's also bad. But the Bears won 16 to 13 and I got to tell you <laughs> the Panthers are really bad. So they could end up with the number 1 or a number 3 pick and the Bears could end up with two really high picks in the in next year's draft and that would be a really good launching pad from getting themselves back. Um, going ahead to this morning, the sorry <laughs> <laughs> taking the uh, 
Taking that was, the 787 that was, over that to was, Germany here. That was the sound effect of that 930 game this morning. Yeah, so if last week, if you're in soccer terms, was like Bayern Munich against Schalke, uh, this week's game was more like Hanover versus Mainz 05 or something like that. Yeah. Two not good teams, the Colts and the Patriots. This used to be a game that always drew eyeballs years ago because it was it would be Brady versus Manning. It would be two really good teams. Those days are long gone, but yeah. uh, I I was thankful for this result because Boy, the Patriots, does Mac Jones stink. Patriots lost again. Wow, they lose ten six to Indianapolis. So Indianapolis is hanging around. They're five hundred, you know, yep. and they're a team that you know. Again, I'm glad we've got the tiebreaker over these guys because yep. you know that's another team that you might have to deal with if things don't go your way in the next few weeks. Yep. You know, you start thinking wild card. But uh, yeah, I ain't thinking wild card the rest of this year. We're going for the division. Okay, well, we can we can see it now. The target is there. It's not way, that far in the distance anymore. In the one o'clock window and coming down toward the end of our game, like I said, right before the end of our game, to the two and other division down games, the stretch they come. We're both coming down to the end at the same time. First in Pittsburgh, where Ugh. the Steelers are holding a four point lead. Ugh. Packers twice. Twice got into Pittsburgh's red zone and turned the ball over on both occasions. All they had to do was kick two field goals. I, given the time, I, I mean, hindsight twenty twenty. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. they could have, but I mean, under four minutes to go, it's not likely that the Packers were going to kick a field goal, thinking they were going to get the, another chance. True, but yeah, tough loss to take if you're Green Bay. Pittsburgh again somehow finds a way to get through. They win this game twenty three to nineteen, and. We have a twenty three nineteen over here. You know, twenty three nineteen. We got twenty three nineteen. We have a serious twenty three nineteen, and the twenty three nineteen is somebody needs to knock the Steelers' flicking blocks off. Well, as they would say in one hundred one Dalmatians. Well, no time but next week because we get to do it ourselves. Yeah. Nobody else wants to do it. Fine, we'll do it. Yeah. Pittsburgh is six and three, and Green Bay. I mean, this was this was a not insignificant game for Green Bay. This would have been a game that could have possibly got themselves back into the playoff picture on the NFC side, and instead they dropped that game at the end, and that that hurts. Steelers next two games are against us and Cincinnati. Um, Huge. Ap- after that, they get to play Cardinals and the Patriots, both at home. Uh, then That's they go. Wins. Then they go at Indy, which is a toss up. Yeah, okay. But here's the last three games of their season. Bengals at Seahawks at Ravens. Ooh. That's so, a brutal last three. So, yeah, we need to take care of business against them. So, in other words, five of their last eight games are tough. Yes. And one is like a 50-50 game. Yes. So, yeah. Last eight games, okay. they only have two uh, quote-unquote gimmies. They'll beat the Cardinals and the Patriots, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're doing schedule game on them, I mean – and I then mean, you could see it going really bad for them. And still. then the Bengals and the Ravens have similar schedules down the stretch. They all have tough schedules. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you have when every team in your division is good, I mean, naturally your schedule is not going to be a cakewalk. You know, it's almost impossible for it to be unless you're just playing a whole bunch of out of division games that are easy. And speaking of the Bengals, they kind of blew it today. They <laughs> uh, they were at home against the Texans and they were behind for most of the game. They fought their way back. Tied the game with two minutes left. Oh, that just makes but, it even better. But the Texans came back down the field listen, again. And listen, 
Shout out to Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud and, and first-year head coach D'Amico Ryans. You know, and we'll say this before we uh, sign off, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say who's in, who's out. If the playoffs started today, tomorrow, the Texans are in. That Week 15 game we have with Houston is really looking like a frisky one. That's and going that could, to be— That could be yeah. a very meaningful one, too. Yes, 100%. You know— Houston is now 5-4. and four. Nobody expected that at the start of the season. C.J. Stroud threw for another 350-plus yards today. Like, listen, Devin we, Singletary listen, rushed for 150 start, yards on the we ground. we got to start not talking about uh, Rookie of the Year with C.J. Stroud. we got to start talking about MVP with this guy. The Bengals gave up 544 yards of offense today. <laughs> That's exactly what they get. So the Bengals fall to five and four. Also, they are now on the outside looking in to the Texans. Oddly. How about that? So that's fantastic. Uh, I know, isn't it? Speaking of another team that's on the up and up, we were just talked about Houston. How about Minnesota? Minnesota! Minnesota started 0-4. They're on a six-game winning streak now. And that's after Six. that's after two weeks ago, their their quarterback tearing his Achilles. Mr. Josh Dobbs. And then hey, another they Josh great Dobbs story. in. Yeah. Fantastic story. You know, guy gets traded to Arizona right before the season. He has to ditch his, you know, sweaters for uh you I mean, know, not not only short that. Sleeves. Let's fast forward, and then he's got to go get his parkas Let's fast forward. when he goes to Minnesota. This guy was traded to Minnesota on a Tuesday, and then had to go into a game on Sunday and rally them to victory because their their backup, who became the starter, went out with an injury. Also, give a ton of credit to their head coach Kevin O'Connell, who's literally he does he, that first week. He didn't. Not only did he have to give Josh Dobbs the plays. He had to tell him what the routes were in those plays because Josh Dobbs didn't have enough time to learn the playbook. Right. You can't learn an NFL playbook in three days. No. I mean, even if you're pulling all-nighters, which I wouldn't recommend, but even if you did, it's just not not possible. It's too complex. So the job that he's doing, the job that Kevin O'Connell doing is top tier right now. Especially for a team that started one and four, their best player Justin Jefferson had to go on IR and miss four games, and then their quarterback tore his Achilles. They're still winning. You talk about a lot of adversity for a team. I mean, my yeah, it's goodness. unbelievable. And yet somehow the Vikings are six and four, and the Saints, Saints are five and five. I mean, their their division's horrible, so this is really no harm, no foul as far as they're concerned. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, you know, like you said, you live you live by Jameis, you die by Jameis. And yeah, well, he had to come in. He had to come into the game. Uh, Derek Carr got hurt. I mean, what is with quarterbacks I, getting hurt? Listen, I don't right. under listen. I, I I don't think we've ever seen a year where this many quarterbacks have gone. <laughs> Literally, we had a front runner for a potential MVP go down in the first four plays of the season, in Aaron Rodgers. Yep, we saw it here. Deshaun Watson missed four game, essentially four games because of a shoulder injury. And then the second game he's back, he rolls his ankle and walks out of the locker room after the win in a boot. Now he says he's going to play. The boot is just for precaution. Now obviously they're gonna they're gonna be yeah. you know rehabbing and treatment on that ankle day and night. 
You mentioned um, Kirk Cousins being yeah. out for the season. Yeah. You mentioned Joe Burrow, clearly not right for 100%. the whole first month of the season. He You're waiting for the Lamar Jackson shoe to drop. You know, um, I, that The most amazing part to me is that with all the quarterback injuries, and yet how about two that haven't gotten injured are Lamar Jackson and Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. figure. They've I mean, also, you got to look at uh, Brock Purdy uh, was injured for, for a week or two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's you know we talked about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Let's go across the street with the Giants. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones out for the year. Out. They're back up to Rod Taylor hurt. They're playing some guy oh, named Tommy I DeVito. About that one. Oh. Yeah, I mean just all over the place. There are injuries. Just why did I not take all Dallas over the place today? God, huh. I have a phobia of big lines. I need to get over that. Yeah. Like the Rams, Matt Stafford is banged up again. I mean it's just all over the place. Man. Yeah. Speaking of the aforementioned Brock Purdy, uh, the 49ers played at Jacksonville today, and Jacksonville had been on a roll coming into this game. They were 6-2, and two, so logically... Five in a row they won. You know, this was the one game on our pigskin pick'em that we were on opposite sides today, and boy, did you ever get the better of this one. The 49ers win this game 34-3. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I, just, I, just thought, I just thought that the, it was a get-right game for the Niners. Debo was back. It, it is... It, it it cannot be stated enough how more dynamic he makes their offense. They be, they are so predictable when he's not in the game. Um, and San Francisco is too talented to just keep losing. I I know I know the Jags are good, but San Francisco wasn't going to go on a, a five six game losing streak. They were going to they were going to win again eventually. I can't figure out Jacksonville. I've bet, bet on them either for or against three times this year. I've been wrong every time. Um. They're just frustrating to me. They, they're pretty much going to go on the don't bet list now, along with New Orleans well, and they have Indianapolis. No more, well, they have no more London games. You know, when they play in London, it's a guaranteed it win. It seems like they're better off, They're better when they're not at home, yeah. either in Europe or away. I, I I don't get that. But, you know, the other game they lost badly at home, they, which I bet on, they was against, they're playing against Houston. We didn't know Houston was as good as they are now. True. But great day for Houston they win and Jacksonville loses they're only a game behind and they've got the tiebreaker on Jacksonville right now yeah so that's we thought, I mean that's we th- something to watch we thought that division was a foregone conclusion not so fast yeah. my friend no not so fast one team that's not in contention for that race though is Tennessee Yikes. they played against Tampa today they looked terrible they lost 20 to six Tampa gets back to four and five it's a good day for Tampa because New Orleans loses and game I'll just get down here to also uh, well, the Panthers lost Thursday night, and the Falcons also lost. They lost in Arizona, twenty-five to twenty-three. Yep. Uh, Kyler Murray was back this week. Boy, mm-hmm. did they ever need that after last week against the Browns? Them like not even the Arizona even got across the fifty more than once last week. I mean, did they get across the Central Time Zone flying there to the <laughs> game? I mean, for jeez. <laughs> so. Yeah, if you were thinking like, I mean, literally that game visible. that game last week was literally, hey, Arizona, save your gas, just stay there, just you know, we'll, we'll just we'll just we'll just chalk up the win. But hey, credit to Arizona, they they shake it off, they they find a way to win. They win on a field goal at the buzzer. That is a debilitating loss for Atlanta. They had a chance to get back in the, to tie for the division lead, and they yeah. just blew it. Yeah. So they're just not a good football team. No, they're really not. They, they just really aren't. Uh, speaking and of again, teams, again, we talk about quarterback injuries. Desmond Ritter got benched. Taylor Heineke gets hurt today, and Desmond Ritter has to come in. <laughs> I, it's, it's happening everywhere. Taylor Heineke is best known for the kneel or the give up play against the Eagles, where he drew a soft foul, which ended up giving the Commanders a win in Philadelphia. Ended up yep. 
being, I think, one of only two losses the Eagles had all last season. If he ends up being more well-known for anything better than that in his career, then he'll have uh, proven me wrong, I guess. Anyhow, going back to teams that are not good, you mentioned them earlier, the Giants. They got crushed today in Dallas, 49-17. to Thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, gave uh, Dak Prescott a large fantasy uh, night. Dallas is a different team at home. They have, I think they've pretty much killed everybody they've played at home this season. Well, wait, let, on, let, let's just... On let's the road, just... they're just not, they're not the same. Let's just wait till December in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, th- doesn't, mat- doesn't matter home or away. Dallas does not win in the playoffs. That's going to be the problem for Dallas because, I mean, unless the Eagles falter, they're going to end up having to go on the road as a wild card. Oh, that's true. I that's, mean, I mean, their chance, their chance to to uh, to change that um, that uh, outcome was last week. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to beat the Eagles a second time and hope to get some help down the stretch. It's it's still possible, but I don't know. I wouldn't count on it if I were them. So. Chances are they're looking at a wild card, and they'd, they'd have to figure out how to start winning on the road. But, yeah, not counting on that either. Uh, then you had two games in the 4 o'clock window that were excellent games. Seattle against Washington ended up going down to the end, and Seattle won this one on a field goal at the buzzer, 29-26. Yep. Seattle is you know, one of those teams. There seems like they're just getting by. They, this is two games now where they've, had lines of like four and five, and I picked them, and they won but didn't cover. Mm. So they're doing the minimum to get by pretty much. But they are six and three, and you know, much like Dallas, I mean, you're probably looking at them probably a wild card. But yeah, could they could they beat out San Fran? I wouldn't think so. But you know, they're tied for the division lead right now, so you'd have to at least consider it's at least a minute possibility. Yeah. So. A lot to play for if you're Seattle. The Commanders, I still can't seem to figure them out. I, I don't think they're a very good team. They're inconsistent at best. Their offense looks to seem – it's weird with them. Their calling card has been defense, particularly in the trenches the last few years. But this year their offense has been good and their defense has been bad. So I don't know really what to think about that. And then the other game was an absolute shootout at SoFi this afternoon. The Detroit Lions and the L.A. Chargers collectively came up with 79 points today. The last three, courtesy of a field goal at the buzzer by the Lions. Yep. They win this game 41-38. to The Lions are now 7-2, and two, which is good for second best in the NFC. And need to, they need to keep doing it because of what Minnesota's doing. So Yeah. They I thought mean, they'd have an easy walk probably yeah. in the first four weeks. Not so fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The Vikings are... The Vikings are pesky, man. Like Vikings are making it a race. Yeah. But uh yeah, Lions are seven and two. They are the number two seed in the NFC right now. Um, great story for them. And they have a head to head win against the Chiefs. So at Arrowhead. So like this is not a fluke. I mean, one game they looked horrible against the Ravens, but other than that, they've they've been doing it all year. I they are very legit as far as I'm concerned. So Sunday night, like we said, is the Jets at the Raiders. This is a for those two teams. That is that's kind of a must win. I mean, I you, it's kind of weird throwing out must wins this early, but like you start losing games of that teams with similar record, and you're around 500. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go well for you. Yeah, chances are. And then Monday night, the Denver Broncos. I don't know how in the world the Denver Broncos get as many primetime games as they do. They're on prime time again against the Buffalo Bills, who in themselves are yeah, the disappointing. Weird, the weird thing about the Broncos is I feel like they're actually starting to play better, and they're starting to get it. A little bit. 
A little bit. I mean, we'll see tomorrow night. Russell Wilson's having a much better season than he did a year ago. Yeah, for sure. Did we'll see. We'll see tomorrow night because the Bills. I tell you, the Bills are teetering, man. They do not look good. This, but it's but it's weird though. The Bills will go like three straight weeks of not looking good, and then they'll beat the living crap out of somebody. Yeah, is this that get right game? Could be for Buffalo. It I, could be. I'm, I played seven games this week. I'm now thinking of playing this game as well, just because I, I have a real feeling that this could be a one of those Buffalo just trashes them. Yeah, it could be. It's in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just upset that I'm three and four on picks, and I want to get back to five hundred. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm going to do what Stefanski was doing, and just, or James Franklin yesterday, and chasing after it. But Twice. We'll see. More. Anyhow, again, going across the whole standings now. AFC Chiefs number one, Ravens still number two. Mm-hmm. After that, you've got a whole bunch of teams at six and three: Jacksonville third, Miami fourth, Pittsburgh fifth, Cleveland sixth. And then the aforementioned Texans have now moved in front of the Bengals on head-to-head to get the seventh seed. Now the Browns play the Steelers, obviously, next week, and then in a couple weeks they play Jacksonville. So that log jam is going to get filtered out a little bit. A little bit. In between there, the Browns have trips to both Denver and L.A. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the season, I saw that as a split because I figured the Browns would just play a dumpy game against one of those teams I had against the Rams. But those two teams are not looking very good. So No. You've got an opportunity. And the Rams, you don't if, know. You don't know if Matt Stafford's going to play. If you do beat Pittsburgh, you've got an opportunity to turn this into at least a five-game win streak before Jacksonville yep. comes calling in Week yep. Fourteen. But I, but I, I'm, I'm not even thinking about that. Our, our singular. Fo- I'm, I'm talking like I'm on the team or I'm, or I'm part of the coaching staff. Singular focus next week. You don't even know who we're playing next week, right? That's right. That's, That's, what, what, coach said. Said. That's what coach said. That's a coach said. Singular mindset. We're trying to go one and zero every week. Tomorrow we'll figure out who we're playing. Is it like Mission Impossible? There are like, no, they, there are no schedules up in Berea. It's nobody, just who we no play that week. And like Monday morning they come in and it's like your mission. Should you choose to accept it? <laughs> is, is, is it is that it? Da na na da na da na da na da 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 da. Yeah. Felt like Mission Impossible in the first quarter today, but... Uh, Your mission, should you choose to accept it, muff punt inside the 20-yard oh, line, fall oh. behind by 14 with a pick six, <laughs> commit almost every air and coaching decision catastrophe possible, and yet beat the team that everybody was saying at the beginning of the week was the best team in football. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. So that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, the Browns are 6-3. and three. They are firmly in the mix for a top uh, top two, maybe top seed in the uh, AFC for the playoffs. And they are, listen, again, I don't expect the Browns to win out. But what I'm saying is we control our own destiny. If we do, nothing anybody else in our division matters, does matters. So... The Browns control our own destiny, and it starts this next week. As if the Browns win and beat Pittsburgh on Sunday, for me, we got one foot on that AFC North throne, folks. I'm telling you. I am telling you. Especially if the Bengals beat the Ravens on Thursday and we beat the Steelers on Sunday. As Patrick Starr would say, the Browns <laughs> firmly grasped it. <laughs> 
today. <laughs> Just like you've been firmly grasping the Deerfield Gridiron Trophy. For well, the that, that's that's because that's because I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, enjoy it because uh, um, things aren't going my way in fantasy this year right now. So You're I'm like, hanging on by dear life of making the playoffs. So are are you quoting Larry Dolan right now? Uh, yeah, enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it right now. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us on this post-game show. Thank you guys for listening. Long post-game show, but hey, when the Browns win, we like to hang out and talk about Why it. Why not? This is going to be the victory Mondayest of victory Mondays. Absolutely. So, uh, thanks for listening. This has been the Browns post-game show, uh, the LOTL Browns post-game show. You can follow us on social media. At Stiffs McGee. At Daniel J. Ford. You can follow the show at the LOTL podcast. And, uh, yeah, go Browns. What a win. And everybody enjoy your victory Monday. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. See ya.